0: Welcome back to another episode of Champions of the West. You're, well, we said we'd be here at 10-1, and and we're here at 10-1. and Boys, the excitement is palpable. It is freezing. I'm in New York. We got the two boys in Ann Arbor. Um, I'll let them speak for their upcoming trip. That's pretty exciting. I don't want to give anything away too soon. But, boys... It's Thursday, it's Thanksgiving, we decided we needed to have an emergency Thanksgiving podcast. Nikki, we'll start with you, how are we feeling?
1: Feeling better than I thought I was going
0: to feel uh,
1: about 10 hours ago, so that's always, a, uh, always a success. A yeah, I think uh, our fellow podcaster here, Sean, giving me the crust uh, off his pizza at 3am yesterday, uh, might have helped us out, so we're here on Thanksgiving, and it's, it's the game, it's the week that we've all been waiting for, so... I couldn't be more excited and nervous. How about hey, you, Sean? You
2: I'm feeling good, man. I mean, we still got to get tickets, Nick. So I, I, that's, that's on my agenda after, right after this podcast. Unfortunately, our sponsors at Vivid Seats or a seat Geek or any of those didn't hook us up yet. But, um, you know, our stock's rising. I think we're an up-and-coming pod. And just thinking back about when we started this thing, I mean, we've beaten, beaten the teams that we had to beat except for uh, – Notre Dame, but I think we're the we're the reason why Michigan's on this winning streak and is the only team in the country that is a top five or top ten basketball and football team. So
0: yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, let's let's quickly talk about that basketball team. So Nick and I were fortunate enough to go to Mohegan Sun this past weekend. What an interesting place for those of you that have never been. Uh, It's a casino for all intents and purposes, and they happen to have a beautiful 10,000-seat basketball arena. Um, Michigan, Jordan Poole, Iggy, all of those guys were not phased by the slots and the blackjack tables and the poker tables and and managed to come through and won two games in convincing fashion. The first game against a potentially horrible George Washington team in which Michigan actually had its worst defensive performance against the season – And then a thorough beatdown of Providence, um, despite it being about a 75 or 80% pro-Providence crowd, with it being an hour from Providence. Um, Nick, you were there with me. We had a great weekend. Um, What do we learn about this team? And does this team have the goods to go from here to March? Or is this one of those teams that we think we may see some struggle between now and then? I mean, I I personally think it,
1: basketball is a wagon this year. I think we're going to be undefeated. I think we're going to beat North Carolina when is that next week? Um, I I mean, I the team plays such good team defense. Every single guy on the floor can can d d up their man, um, and that creates easy baskets for us offensively. Um, and it's just pretty fun to see this Beeline team kind of keep adapting and growing because. We don't really have any lights out shooters yet that have come, come to, um, you know, there's not, not one guy that you're going to give the ball to. And I think that makes it a headache for, for scouting us and for, for trying to beat us because you're going to try to score 60 points on us and hope it's enough. Um, and just hope that we have a bad offensive night or kind of don't show up, um, don't show up defensively. I think that's the only way teams are going to beat us because we look really sound. I think one through one through seven, um, biggest I guess uh biggest downfall could be that we're not as deep as we we should be um in in recent years and that could happen if one if one guy goes down for a couple weeks we could run into a couple problems um that's uh, that's kind of my only concern yep Uh, but yeah I mean
2: yeah I um I think that if we want to if you want to Take the bookie out of business. You bet, Michigan basketball this season. I mean,
0: <laughs> yep, right now.
2: I mean, I don't know. It's it just seems like sure we Villanova wasn't as strong as we thought that they were. Um, they were a little inflated, losing to Furman at home. Um, but Providence was an athletic team, and they've been a solid squad for the last couple of years. I know they went to yep. the tournament two years. So uh, it it just seems like we have the pieces to just be in control in games you know eerily similar to michigan football like just get out to that early lead and it's going to be impossible for a team to you know score 12 points on us like most basketball most basketball teams will get up leave um will give up that 12 point run you know in three minutes if someone just cans a couple threes i don't think that's going to happen against michigan or if it does it's going to be few and far between so yep I'm feeling incredibly excited about the squad. I think we're gonna we're gonna smoke UNC. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's scary how good we are so quickly. Uh, we we have guys who can play three positions, and and to be able to do that just is a huge headache for for opposing coaches.
0: For sure. Yeah, the UNC game comes up on Wednesday. Michigan does have a post-Thanksgiving cupcake, a little dessert on Friday against Chattanooga. We don't expect them to have any trouble with that. And then Wednesday against UNC. UNC is currently ranked seventh, and I think that'll be a really great measuring stick for Michigan to really see how good this team is. I agree with both of you. I don't know if Michigan is going to smack and beat down UNC, but I think Michigan wins probably by eight or ten points pretty convincingly. But let's get to the reason we're here. We're here for football. I think every single one of us before the season said that Michigan would be sitting at 10 and one going into Ohio state. Am am I right boys? Yeah, I think, I think we
1: all predicted that. I don't know if we thought, I thought we were going to beat Notre Dame and lose to either Penn state or or Wisconsin. I can't remember, Um, but we're here. We're here and we're still fighting.
0: The point is we're here. And in, in, What is now my seventh season following Michigan football. This is the best chance that Michigan has had to beat Ohio State since I've been following. The Buckeyes are wounded. Poor Urban Meyer can barely stand up on the sideline during games. Clearly, there's something wrong. We'll get to that in a bit. But Ohio State as a football team looks kind of like a cat with nine lives. They just keep kind of escaping these games. Uh, Nebraska, they won 36-31. Um, They won at Penn State 27-26. They beat Maryland by one in overtime when Maryland went for two and almost ended the season. Um, I mean, let's just start with initial thoughts. Nick, what's the thing that worries you the most about this Ohio State team? That it's Ohio State on the road in Columbus um,
1: and we're favored by four and a half points. I mean, I think this Michigan team's different, and I think clearly they've been showing that, but – it's Ohio State, and just like you said, you've been watching Michigan football for seven years and you haven't seen a win. No, I mean I've been watching it for twenty-four years, and I've I can remember two wins. It's it's you know a, a broken record, but there's it's hard to have confidence as much as we should because we really are a better team in all facets of the game. Um, all three all three facets offense, defense, special teams we grade out better. We're you know more talented, um, and Yet I'm sitting here and I'm going to be shaking and I'm going to be in the horseshoe with Sean and I'm not going to be super optimistic until I see something to change that. Um, Unfortunately, I I wish I could have the same idea that we're going to beat Penn state 31 nothing and, you know, destroy Wisconsin because we've been able to do that in the past, but you know, it's almost like a mental block. It's almost like the yips. If you want to go back to to my golf references, I mean, until you can figure it out, and you see the ball go in, and you see you see us score some touchdowns, I don't know, I don't know. What about you, Sean?
2: Yeah, man. I mean, it's Ohio State. We we've been scarred. I think this is the biggest game in the rivalry since two thousand six. Uh, you know, especially given what happened in, again in the two thousand sixteen game, uh, as well as Jim Harbaugh now being in his fourth year as opposed to his second year, in which. Uh, we were kind of we we're expecting a good team in 2016, but expectations are even higher now, and pressure is even higher. Uh, I would say that beyond the fact that it's away and it's Ohio State, uh, I would say that the the thing that's going to concern me is is Ohio State's ability to put points on the board and Urban Meyer's offensive genius. I mean, year in year out, they just create a, a team that is just gold standard of offensive efficiency and even now power football focus or pro football focus has Ohio State as the number two overall offense in the country. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is, is blowing out these records for total touchdowns and we can get in a little bit more to, to why that's the case but at the end of the day uh, this Ohio State offense is the real deal. They have guys who are four and five start recruits and athletes who make unbelievable plays who can make guys miss? Who can uh, you know? Who can break open a game? So, when it comes down to it for me, it's it's Urban Meyer. At the end of the day, is going to be thinking about this game. You know, the entire season and the offensive offensive coordinator Ryan Day is the same. So they're going to be breaking out every single wrinkle in
0: in their playbook, and we're going to do the same. But um, that offense is is scary. Aren't we going to be doing the same thing though? I mean, we've talked about this in the on pods the last couple weeks, but Harbaugh's really kind of made a conscious decision X of maybe the third quarter of the Indiana game to keep a lot of the playbook minimized. He really, he didn't run any bootlegs for Shea at Rutgers. He ran a couple against Indiana, but for the most part, the playbook was kind of as Nick loves to say, meat and potatoes, run the ball, look for the open plays. Don't do anything crazy. I think you'll see a couple really interesting wrinkles that Harbaugh is going to pull out against Ohio State. Um, In terms of let's break down how Ohio Ohio State's offense matches up against our defense, and then vice versa. So let's start with their offense. Sean, you mentioned Haskins. Um, I personally think he's a guy that should end up in New York as one of the Heisman finalists, despite their team and their defense being an absolute train wreck. Haskins has been unbelievable this season, and it's it's a hard pill to swallow from a Michigan fan, but he really has been excellent. Um, you know, he's accompanied by two awesome running backs in, in Mike Weber and JK Dobbins. Um, a decent, uh, wide receiving core Paris Campbell is the name to me that comes to mind. Johnny Dixon's pretty good too. Um, is there anything, a- any chinks in the armor that Ohio state can exploit or that they've been able to exploit either that other teams haven't been able to, or that Ohio state is just a better and more athletic team that they're able to than other teams have done against Michigan? um i think it's yeah
1: i i can go um i think that indiana game kind of gave the blueprint to how to how to beat us um and hopefully don brown knows that and can fix it but i think it's a lot of slants it's a lot of tempo keeping our guys on because the best thing our defense does is get off get off the field and
0: they can play aggressive and can play this man coverage, but especially if you're converting say, these little slams. Yeah, I was gonna say, especially with the injuries to Winovich and you don't know whether Rashawn Gary and Michael Doomfor and those guys are even at one hundred percent Exactly. So
1: I think honestly, that could be the biggest thing is that Indiana's high tempo offense kind of put a little uh put a little damper on this this number one defense in the country and kind of exposed them a little bit. Um, I think I mean, did they give up any points in the second half? I can't remember. Um, three points. But three? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, changes were made. Changes were made. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a lot of over the middle. Dwayne Haskins is tall enough to stand in there for a quick second and throw those six-yard passes. That could ultimately turn into 40-yard gains, as we saw. Um, I'm not worried about Mike Weber or Dobbins, honestly. I, I, I don't worry about running backs too much. Um, obviously, last week. Uh, what's his name sammy yeah um he he had a good week um but i think that's an outlier so that's really that's really it for me is that these quick slants and tempo and just hopefully uh hopefully we show up and can get off the field on third down like we've done all year um i, I don't know if there's anything else that you could add to that sean or or, or josh but that kind of seems like
2: what it is, I think. Te- I think if, if I was Urban Meyer, it's it's tempo, tempo, tempo. If you guys saw the the Monday Night Football game, Rams Chiefs, uh, the way that the Chiefs were able to help stymie the Rams uh, front four was was just high high tempo offense. Get those guys tired, and uh, you don't have that same push, and all of a sudden your defense looks materially different. I mean, I think what we're gonna see is a ton of slants, a ton of seams, um, a ton of mesh routes that Urban Meyer's offense and passing attack is predicated on that mesh where it's that's kind of that um, that pick play almost in which you get a guy who has burner speed elite speed with the ball and a little bit of daylight and you know it's it's just hoping he cracks one so uh, I think that Dwayne Haskins, for sure, is a great quarterback. He's strong, tall, and, and can get the ball where it needs to be pretty quickly. Uh, the knock on him is his lack of running ability and, and kind of his um, his turnovers, uh, not necessarily in, with interceptions, but with his fumbles when when he tries to uh, run that RPO. I mean, I would expect their other guy to come in. I forget his name. Josh, you probably remember. Um, hey, he's a little bit more. Tate Martell. I would expect to see a decent amount of Tate Martell packages because uh, the best way to beat a, an aggressive offense, or t- best way to beat an aggressive defense, is um, misdirection, right? And and I think that Tate Martell can give you that with that zone read, with those bubbles, with those slants. So um, that's what I'm looking for: is is how do we how do we stop those weird packages that Ohio State's going to bring, and also limit those those tempo
0: drives. Um, so that's the uh, that's what I'm looking for when Ohio State's on offense yeah for sure and and then the inverse so we've kind of seen in recent weeks that that Michigan's offense is is becoming a little bit more pass reliant that I think is a huge deal and I think is something that Harbaugh actually focused on probably in preparation for this game knowing that Ohio State's run defense is not great but at least decent and that if Michigan is only going to throw the ball 15 to 18 times, that it becomes a little bit predictable as a defense to how to scheme for them. And Shea's done a really good job. He had three touchdowns against Rutgers. Um, he's just kind of made good quality, as we like to say, NFL throws. And I think that's really helped. Um, what do you guys think is is the X factor for Michigan on Saturday from an offensive front to try to exploit a pretty porous Ohio State defense? Yeah, I think uh,
1: the easy answer is our receivers. Um, I think, you know, Michigan's offense all year long has done these six, seven-minute drives, um, and I, I love them. And I think they, you know, a couple yards, couple, three yards, you know, in a cloud of dust to go back to, uh, to yep. Bo Um But I think this has to be different. I think we're going to have to go over the top and get these guys, you know, 40-yard passes, and we're going to have to get Shea out of the po- out of the pocket and on the run and these downfield 30-yard throws where we have receivers coming back to him, um, kind of the broken plays that we haven't seen out of Michigan until this year um, work, at least. So I think that's going to be kind of the X factor is getting over the top of the defense. Um, c- you know, their D-line's great, so I think we have to expose their secondary.
2: Yeah, I I would all honestly just I think it's 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 for sure we're gonna we're gonna we've saved packages we've saved wrinkles um, and and is gonna show off his true creativity on offense um, on on Saturday but for me when when it comes down to it the reason why we got to this point at 10 and one is because uh, we've been able to dominate time of possession and wear teams down in the fourth quarter in which when it's third and three we convert um, you know, and then we spring open Karan for another eight yard, eight yard run. So, Quran Higdon, I think, is actually going to be the guy for me to watch, and it could be similar to that 2006 game in which Chris Perry went for, um, you know, hundred plus yards and was able to uh, to really just wear down that Ohio State team. So, I'm looking at our offensive line, assuming bushel Bushalbadi's healthy, uh, to just pound, pound, pound the rock and wear them down take time of possession in our hands um get out to that lead and just in control the game so Ohio State has to play catch up the entire time I mean I don't think this Ohio State team's defense is is particularly good Nick Bosa was a huge loss and I think a bigger loss comparatively than if we had lost Rashawn Gary um and their linebackers are just are slow and and so it's so off Ohio State brand so um just, I think for for me, it's it's that Karan Higdon feeding him the rock. He's been he's been great. He's exceeded expectations, and this is going to be his
0: his senior moment. This is going to be his game to win for sure. Um, let's also talk special teams. Usually, I'd say special teams is kind of a waste. It's not a factor, but it ended up playing a huge part in Michigan's win over Indiana on Saturday. Quinn Ordean, who usually is the kicker. I mean, we joked that Harbaugh sat in a goddamn tree to get Quinn Nordine because that's what Harbaugh does. He didn't kick. Instead, uh, freshman Jake Moody came in and kicked and hit all six field goals, despite all six field goals being from inside 35 yards. Uh, Sean, I'll start with you on this. How big of a factor are, I guess, Moody, potentially Norddean, and Will Hart going to play on Saturday? Um, do you see Michigan maybe going for fourth and two, fourth and three from inside the 20 that they would have kicked against Indiana? And how much of a factor is weather going to be? It looks like right now it's going to be about 50 and raining. And as we know, we've seen Michigan play in some weird weather games. You know, how much of an impact could that have?
2: So I think it was great to see uh, Jake Moody. Get the ball through the up upright six times. To Nick's point, it's kind of those yips, and you want to just see it happen. Yep. They said Nordin had had the flu. Who knows what was really the the true reason? Um, but I think that uh, you know to to play winning football on the road, you need it. You need it. You need to make those plays. You you can't make those losing plays that we've done in the past. Yep. Uh, I I think that to your second question about those fourth and twos, you know, on the twenty. It's really going to be dependent on how how Ohio State's offense is looking, right? I mean, these guys can go down the field and score pretty quickly against mm-hmm. against a lot of teams. If we're able to to show that they're not able to move the ball, then I think we convert and we take the points. But I don't I don't think we're going to see that until uh, until the game starts. And you know, the weather is huge. I mean, rain. At even though I am a a fan and I'm going to be there, and it's going to be shitty to. To sit out in the cold, wet uh, conditions, um, I'm fine with it, man. I mean, the, we want—I want to just pound the rock this game and, and limit any sort of concerns. Obviously, you know, play two-dimensional offense, but it's going to be massive. I mean, I, I think that it's certainly going to affect field goals to some degree, but um, it's going to affect Ohio State more than more than anything else.
0: you. what do we think, Nikki?
1: Um, I think that uh, I, I want this to be a low scoring game because I think that obviously favors us. Um, and I think the weather plays into that as well. Um, but if I remember back to that one verse two matchup in 2006 in the horseshoe, um, it was two, two great, great defenses and, you know, the, the saying defenses wins championships, you know, all of that. I think this is going to be one of those games that our offense might have to, to show up and and win the game for us. I think our defense, um, it could be that one game where they, they might get roasted a bit at first and have to have to rely on our offense to keep them in the game until, until we uh, can settle down and and figure out what we're going to run schematically and um, kind of settle into the game. So hopefully our offense can keep up with their high powered offense and, Hopefully the weather helps us because obviously they throw the ball a lot and if it's raining and windy and cold it's going to yep. limit them. So I think that's kind of the big one for us is to be able to keep up with them until we can figure out how to stop them. For sure.
0: So give me give me a prediction. Nick, you 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 kind of hit that. You said the weather yeah. the weather limiting them is definitely a huge factor and I completely agree. So l- let's let's go ahead put your money where your mouth is. What do we think? All right. Well,
1: I'm not going down to Columbus for a goddamn loss. Um, so obviously, obviously, Michigan's winning this game, and we're we're rolling into Indianapolis next week. Um, I don't think it's going to be one of those games where I'm betting the team, the other team's under um, for their for their points total. I think this could be a classic Big Ten barn burner, and by that I mean a Big Twelve game. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, really. And we're just gonna we're gonna show our op- we're gonna sow so many new new kind of wrinkles in our offense. And I think it's our offense is gonna have to win this game. I think Ohio State's too too high powered um, for us to play man man to man defense the whole game. And um, yeah, I think my prediction is going to be 38-35. Uh, we don't cover. Should we say should we say a Quinn Nordine game winning no. field goal? <laughs> I think we're going to not even moody, not even moody. It's going to be a knuckleball that gets right over the uprights, thirty-eight, thirty-five to
2: send us to Indy and okay. keep our hopes sure. alive. Wow, wow. Um, man! If that if if that's the game that it's going to be, I'm going to lose years off my life because yeah, you guys will be there too. Yeah, oh yeah, that sounds horrible. I think it's you might lose your life. You're not just years, oh, you might no, lose your
0: Need you guys back next week, win or lose. It's not a joke. Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah. I know. And a ser- more serious note, I'll bring some pepper spray or something. But um, I honestly, I honestly think that it's going to be, we're going to dominate a little bit more than um, than than Nick Nick has to Nick thinks. I'm going to go 28-17, Michigan. Um, yeah, Ohio State's d- offense is incredibly good. They haven't really established the run, um, so because of that, I think that we're going to be able to to really bait them into 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 running the ball. Um, and their their defense or their offensive line is kind of porous. I mean, Michael Jordan, who's their center, uh, was a really good guard, but mo- when he
0: moved into to center, he's done a terrible job. As well yeah, as Yeah, you should, should always play Michael Jordan at guard. There's no sense in playing him at center. Exactly, exactly. If only you were. Uh, Job. <laughs> um, <laughs> no i mean i think
2: that they're they're a good team they haven't played crazy cal- high caliber opponents um so some of their stats on offense are, i think are slightly inflated uh so no 28 17 i think we're gonna i think we're gonna win and do so in kind of commanding fashion
0: yeah i th- i think you guys are are pretty close um i think I'm probably somewhere right in between you guys. I think that the offense is going to have a really good day. I think that their defense is garbage. I think the weather is going to play a bit of a factor. Um, I think Ohio State will actually have two decent drives and then we'll commit a turnover um, in our own half of the field and they'll have a short field and score another touchdown. But my final prediction is going to be 31-21 Michigan. I think hopefully – We'll bring in Moody on a short field goal, but we won't need him in for the most part. We'll just be able to take it to the end zone. Um, I think Higdon's going to have a huge day. I could see him getting somewhere around 130, 140 yards, hopefully giving him 25 or 30 carries. Um, I think this is the win that Harbaugh needs. You know, We've been talking about it for years since Harbaugh started. He hasn't had a signature win. This is a signature win. You want to get the monkey off your back. You want to go into a Big Ten championship with a completely winnable game against a kind of mediocre Northwestern team pretty much for the playoff, you go win this game. And Ohio State's been bad and they've been struggling. And, you know, there's a chance that this could be the uh, the nail in the coffin for Urban. And as Michigan fans, if we're able to do it on their field and, and you know, and hopefully Urban's not unhealthy, hopefully he is okay. But if this is what it takes to get him out of that program and, and get Michigan kind of back on the right side of the rivalry, then – So be it. So we are extremely excited for the game. Um, As Nick and Sean mentioned, they will be there on Saturday in Columbus. So we'll send them their best wishes. Um, Should we quickly do for one minute things that we're thankful for? Sean, I'll, I'll quickly start with you, but it wouldn't be a Thanksgiving podcast if we didn't at least talk about what we were thankful for.
2: I'm thankful for our fans. Yeah. Our listeners. The guy, the guys and gals who keep us going every day and keep us, uh, you know, keep us at a, at our best. So, thank thankful for our uh, our fans and um, the Michigan community to give us good info and stats and uh, a good thing to root for.
0: For sure, Nikki. What are you thankful for?
1: Yeah, I'm thankful that we started this pod um, in what could be the heyday yeah. of Michigan basketball and football. Um, I, I'm thankful for our fans, as Sean said, um, of which there are many, of, which of course, um, and 50, 50. Um, yeah, just just happy happy to be able to travel around the country watching watching the, the teams I love. And yeah, I was to just going say, I'm
0: thankful that, obviously, of course, for the fans, those of you that text us and reach out and those of you that don't, even if you're an under-the-radar fan, we still love you. But it's pretty cool, A, that we get to kind of do this podcast, and B, you know, Nikki was in Uncasville, Connecticut at a casino on Sunday, and six days later, he'll be in Columbus watching the football game live. So it's pretty cool that we get the opportunity. We were talking about all the different states and travel that we've been to, and it gives us a real chance and an excuse to see the country and hang out with our friends and uh, act like kids, act like college kids again. So. We'll keep doing this as long as their listeners and and people will keep letting us watch Michigan basketball and football. But for that, I know the boys have to run. It is an important family day. So hug your family, kiss your family, tell them you love them. But most importantly, go blue for Sean, for Nick, for Josh, for the biggest week of our season. We'll see you next week. Peace.